This is the Reading Aloud Podcast. I'm Marisol Collette. And I'm Adam Collette. And you love us because we love you. We sure do. And let's get to today's conversation. (laughs) So we're back in one of these spaces where we're working hard. Lots going on. (laughs) We are working hard. We're kind of coming into these podcasts where it's like, boom. Like yeah. it's, what do you it's mean like, by it, boom? Well, it's like we're both doing amazing shit mm-hmm. in the world, mm-hmm. you know, and now we're working in the same house, which I've actually grown to love. Mm-hmm. I didn't like at the beginning. I still like aspects of going into an office anyway, but we're in the same house and we're just like both doing cool shit. And then we always pause and we record these podcasts mm-hmm. and we come in and get to focus on our relationship. Mm-hmm. I feel really grateful for that. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean by like, boom, it's like this whole shift to something that's even more important to us personally than the work that we're doing. But it is this whole kind of like we sit down, we're like, let's let's chat. Let's record this podcast, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. In other words, work is awesome for the both of us right now. We are crushing it. It is so cool. I mean, we could go on and on. But, you know, we're having national and international impact in our own in our own ways. And it is so incredible and fun and and busy and nonstop. Yeah, yeah for sure and then we have travel and trips uh, individually and together and then we have fertility journey and then we have raising a toddler which is just you know it's just full-on but it's fun then we have our relationship and that is <laughs> the tenderness behind relationship the open-heartedness behind neo and raising our toddler and then the ultra tenderness and wild ride that is fertility is different than what we're doing at work yeah i think that's actually a pretty good transition into what i want to talk about today so i'm really curious to hear from you in a deep way on this because this is an area in which i struggle with and i might struggle in defining it i'm kind of get it out and see where it goes so we had a rough weekend in terms of our connection We had some really deep, emotional, intense discussions, I'll put it that way. And I had upset you through some of my actions, and it was, yeah, it was was a hard, hard experience. We can talk about that later, or we could talk about that here, but I I, I don't actually want to focus on the actual thing. But during that conversation, so I have a pretty ingrained, deeply rooted habit of terms of endearment for you. So I'll often say, hey, babe, or... Hey, love, babe or love are typically the words that I use. And I do that throughout the day, throughout our conversation as we're doing that. During this conversation, and this isn't the first time that you have made this request. This is, a, this is something that comes up often. You have made the request of me to just not say that, that that's really, and you can kind of weigh into this, but to not call you babe or call you love in those moments, because I think at the core, it's just showing a a misattunement or an out of alignment of the actual conversation that we're having and the seriousness of it. It's like discounting that and it minimizes you and it, it's really a disconnect at the core. And so... As we were having this 
again, very intense emotional discussion about our relationship. You know, you made this request to me and I literally almost couldn't do it. I wanted to like this. That's super honest. I did want to. I did not want to say that. I wasn't still saying it. Well, because I had I had said like if we can't get to the place that we need to get to around like and I'll say more about why in a minute. But I was like, then we're I'm going to need to stop the conversation right now. Right. Yeah. And you didn't want that. And I didn't want to stop the conversation. And I don't think you wanted to stop the conversation either, but you were setting a boundary there. You had to do that. And even with that, I couldn't figure out how. And so what it got me thinking about and what I'd love to kind of investigate and talk about today is this kind of not an overtime behavioral change. And maybe that factors in here, but like an ability to, uh, this is where I'm going to struggle in describing can, can it. I yeah, take go a, ahead. Can I take a yeah. stab at it? The ability to make a change quick when it's needed to be made yes. quickly yes. because the consequence is high. First of all, words are meaningful and we know that. And you've taught me a lot about that because I throw things around, say things without thinking, have done all that. So words, you've taught me a lot about how meaningful words are. For me, when we're in those situations, my language changes. It does become more serious. In order to emphasize the seriousness and the points that I'm making, I do abstain from the kind of lovey-dovey way that we typically talk. And part of that is because I don't, that part of me is not the primary part that's elevated in that moment, but also because I think that it makes a point and it's not that I don't love you period. It's Mm -hmm. that it's making a point as to like, this is a different situation that we're in that is, there is a different tone and a different frequency needed in order to move through this. And I want to acknowledge that. And I think that for me within this, it might be us specific, but for me with you, if I keep a lighthearted tone, we have talked about this before, it doesn't feel like you get the gravity sometimes. And so it feels pertinent to me that we talk from a different place. We speak from a different place. And maybe it's because in that on those time, like that time, it was my request to you, not yours to me. And I, but I wasn't using that language. And I call you lovey. You know, I am like, hey, lovey, or sure, babe. What's up, babe? And I didn't do that at all. I actually did once on accident, but it was not. And I caught myself. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Over the past two months, we've had some really, and I actually think that part of this conversation is, is really interesting because it's a, it's a ton of behavior changes that it is critical that be made right now. Right now and lasting. Yeah. And I thought a lot about this for me because one of the changes that I am making is to and I mean, gosh, I don't even know how to get into this without like, without just describing the full depth of your growth in this time. It just, it, it coincided with the loss of the baby, but it's not completely because of, it's just because of the fact that this is what's been coming up around how to, like all the work that you do in, in your modern man school, which is what is the role of a white feminist man in the modern world? Because it's not just stepping back and saying nothing, doing nothing. It is being an ally and an advocate. It is lifting up women and people of color who've been oppressed, all of that. But where is your power and position? Where does your strength come through? Right. 
And so I think that that's what we're working on in our relationship because I take a natural, I have a natural dominance because I'm fast processor and I'm really opinionated and I love leading. Sorry, I, I I smiled because we look at so many memes these days. They like happen in real time. And I what you're saying is so powerful. So I want to be very quick here. But I saw a meme today. I think I sent it to you on Instagram. This body, you know, where like like in a medical book, like where it doesn't have skin, you know, but you see all the muscles kind of thing. But it was like that body straining, doing a plank. And it was like visual image of my brain when I'm trying to listen to a full sentence when I know what they were saying within the first second you know oh my gosh <laughs> which happens to you with me all the time so anyway that that's why I was chuckling there because you were describing you literally having to hold a plank while I am getting something out. A mental plank. Yeah. Well, I mean, part of what I've learned is that I don't always know what you're saying. And so, I, you know, let's acknowledge that. Um, but yeah, no, totally. I mean, that that's how it feels a lot of the time in my body. And I, I love that. The, the idea would be that we're trying to move those roles a little bit. And that, you know, one of the first places that that happened in our relationship was that I remember it actively happening was when we came into the relationship and I had always had a really great relationship with finances and a, a lot of great information distilled down from my parents and grandparents. And I had a way of operating that felt very abundant. And then we came together and put our two ways together. And we decided for a while that my way was the way we were going to lead. And you came to me and you said, I really want to take leadership over our finances. And since then, you've created so much abundance in our lives through the way that you've organized our money and helped me think about it differently. And this is another version of that, in my opinion. You've asked me to step back so you can lead in certain ways. And of course, that initial resistance of, but what does equality look like? How do I keep my personality in, in this? How do I not become subservient? How do I not step back so much that I don't, that I feel disempowered, which is such an easy feeling as a woman to tap into. It, it feels, I have been so grateful that you have, you have been such a supporter and so empowering. I feel really empowered around you. Mm. Mm. Thank you for saying that. It's definitely meaningful to hear Which I, part? that you feel empowered around me. That role, and I think what we're trying to find within me in this relationship, is also deeply, deeply, deeply intertwined with the personal work that I am doing and how I am actually implementing that. I was on actually a men's group camping trip a couple weeks ago, and one of the things that, that came up that I mentioned on the podcast probably now a couple months ago, but calculated courage and how it relates to these stories that we tell ourselves. And I don't know if this is necessarily true with women, but I have seen it with men. Men often receive a lot of praise for being emotional and vulnerable from society. Oh my gosh, look at the emotion he's showing. And, and you know, and I think we also receive a lot of pushback and there's, you know, there's all the things of don't show any emotion. But in some circles, and particularly like, as we said, like feminist progressive circles, you, you get a lot of positive reinforcement for being vulnerable in a situation. And that's a big call to men in the modern world to be more vulnerable. Well, one of the things that I've also noticed is as we begin to develop our kind of go-to stories or go-to experiences that then begin to define like, oh, I'm about to be vulnerable. I'm going to tell X story. And in my opinion, and I'm saying this because this happens to me, becomes a little bit inauthentic in the way because you're sharing something that is 
in the public eye or in the eye of the person you're telling vulnerable, yeah, but, but to not, you it's very calculated yeah, and of comfortable. Course, of course. I say all this because I think one of my goals here and the way that I can show up as a leader and a better leader within this relationship is actually breaking down and dispelling the stories that I've told myself and told others that have actually been meaningful to me and to start to create new stories and to start to write new narratives for myself that are based in where I am going and where I want to be presently, not where I was when I was finding myself when I was 18, 19, 20, whatever, that then those stories have stuck with me through my 20s into my 30s. And now I'm like, oh, shit, that's no longer necessarily like relevant to me. It's a form of calculated courage, and it's not serving me in where I need to be currently in my life and my relationship. That makes sense to you. Did that make yeah, sense? Yeah, I started yeah. doing a mental plank like five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> At least I give you a little ab workout. At too. least give me some credit for keeping my mouth shut. Oh, you you so much credit. Yeah. I I jumped right in when I could when you breathed, but like <laughs> you took a breath. I'm like, and here we go. But that's. All my slow processors raise up. (laughs) I think that that makes a lot of sense. And I think that that probably does go both ways. And I think about even in my own journey of personal style, calculated courage, right? Like I get out there and I look like I've really, I'm really interesting and taking a big risk, but it's very calculated because I still have X, Y, Z factors that I've incorporated into the outfit to make sure that it's still, still pleasing to the public eye. And I think that that is, definitely something that I consider a lot when I get dressed. How courageous is this really is the question. And is it just a script? So, and how does that perpetuate inauthenticity? So my question though, is how does this relate back to making quick decisions? Circling back to earlier statements about respect and leadership, etc. One of the things that I'm trying to do quickly is stay in a place of Um, gosh, I I honestly, it's so hard because all the words I want to come up with are ones that just make me cringe, like passivity, stay in a place of pausing. That doesn't make me cringe so much. Stepping back, not jumping to make suggestions or get involved in something, saying yes. You know, a big yes for me was the fence. You made a decision and you were like, I feel really strongly about this. And it was the decision between two types of fences. And of course, we considered it together. One was a little more complicated and a little bit more expensive, had some holes in it, and literally and figuratively by design. And then the other was really straightforward, but not as cool and cute and whatever. And you made some really great points. You were like, I feel really confident about this. And I said, okay, I actually really wanted the other one. And I... You know, I wouldn't have even told you that if we weren't having this podcast because it's not relevant, right? I'm so interested and excited to see what happens with the money that we saved, that we had put aside, you know, what it looks like, how it feels, how it does its job, all the inconveniences the other one was going to bring us, etc. Yeah, I mean, the, even this morning and yesterday, I can just see all these moments where, where it's coming natural to me right now. But I'm like, don't go back to the way it was because I, I know there will be a point of tension where I'm like, I'm done. I'm fucking done. I'm done. I need to lead. This doesn't feel like me. I want to lead. I like, where am I? opinions why don't they matter anymore and just like kind of pop off and I'm worried that that's going to turn into kind of a a more 
like even a more intense version. Like I come in and I'm like, I want this, 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 this done my way. And so the choice every day to step back and let you lead. How do you categorize that? What? Like that leadership, because I think that, you know, when we were talking about, we were talking about like, you know, me leading some of my personal growth. But when you were talking there, it it also felt like you were talking about it in several different aspects of our life. And so how do you how do you categorize those? How do you make those distinctions? Because I don't think approach to our relationship we're like, okay, we're gonna let Adam be in charge of everything right now. Um, so yeah, but that's not actually true. You know, it's interesting because I actually think that that's part of it. Is yeah, yes, we can break it down to the very specific things that, that we talked about this weekend. But what I'm actually thinking is like, what does it look like to let him lead? But all of those things, like making the decision about the fence and having me say like, okay, I support that. That's great. That's an emo- You get an emotional kickback of like, she trusts me, right? Trust. Yes. Trust me to make decisions for the family. Trust me to, you know, move this money in this direction. She trusts me to load the dishwasher this way. She trusts me to, We, I mean, the podcast we put out last week or a couple of weeks ago was about raising Neo and the, the suggestions that we had for each other. And you were like, I want you to not butt in so much. It's like, trust, trust, trust. For me, it's about respect, respecting that you are whole and unto yourself and that you are an equal to me and I don't need to dominate or dictate how you do things. And I think that it inevitably takes me stepping back because now I don't hesitate to share my opinion. You don't ever tell me what we're doing. You always invite us into conversation as do I like, Hey, let's talk about this. Like the fence, right? Like that's a decision we made together. And I gave my opinion, but ultimately you made the decision and you made a different one than I, like there's part of me that wanted to be like, "Uh, let's just do the other one, you know? And you probably would have said, okay, because you really trust me. But we're practicing trusting you. So in all areas of our lives. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I have leadership in also my work. And I think one of the toughest things that I have found about leadership in the work is maintaining that balance between incorporating input and feedback of people and incorporating opinions and, you know, making a decision essentially that is different from what people think. But what you know in your position as a leader, you believe to be the right decision. You know, in today's information age, we can come up with reasons to do anything. (laughs) There are good reasons to do anything or to take any approach. You can always come up with a reason why or a reason why not. But that point in which, you know, you make a decision and then the, the, you know, the respect and the trust piece is like, okay, you made a decision. It was different than the one I may have made, but I'm going to respect, trust, and support us in that decision because the relationship or the team or the whatever, that is what we're, we're, we're in this together, essentially. We talked about in our vows, we said putting the needs of the relationship ahead of our own individual needs. And I think that that, what that signaled for me, why we wrote that together was because 
we are choosing to be a team. So if the relationship has a need, which that doesn't mean one person's need over the other, if the relationship has a need, that that's like basically putting the oxygen mask on yourself first. We're putting the oxygen mask on the relationship, which will save us both individually, as opposed to I'm always putting the oxygen mask on me, which means that you always come second, things like that. I'm glad you brought that up. You know, without going into so much detail, my actions have broken trust in the relationship. So the relationship needed a reestablishment of trust and maybe respect as you brought in, but really trust is, is was really the focus. And so what I feel like what we're talking about is both of us in our own ways are having to put those needs of the relationship above our own individual needs. So for example, you are putting aside your being in control of a situation and knowing that by trusting me to lead in a certain way, that is helping to establish trust in the relationship. I, on the other hand, I'm putting aside my default behaviors. I'm putting aside old patterns that I've had. I'm committing to not only both lead, but to deeply change ways in which I've showed up in the world and putting aside those things, even though they've served me in the past in, in some ways, because the needs of the relationship demand it right now. And so that's us. I believe actually this situation is embodying that vow that we took. I have felt like a victim, right? In many ways. And I feel like like even the fact that I have to put something aside for the relationship right now that I didn't think was disempowering to the relationship or whatever. Like, I think that the way that I've been has been always focused on the relationship, but you're saying that we're going to grow better. And part of it is just because you're doing more growing in this process. But I I can see where I am also going to grow and where the relationship's going to grow. I'm interested. I'm not 100% sure what the outcome's going to be from my end, but I'm interested in what it looks like to just step back for a while. Like, am I going to ultimately feel this? empowered or am I going to feel more trust for you, more power in my ability to step back and follow for a bit? You know, I don't know. It's an edge, right? Because again, as women, we've always been expected to do what other people want of us, including how we look, which I'd say because is my field. In stepping back, I feel like I'm letting go of a safety net or a a perception of safety, like the control over myself. It's not even the control over the relationship, although it's impacting the relationship, it's control over myself. It's where I say I am autonomous and sovereign. I am unto myself and we are choosing to be in this relationship. And I feel like I'm letting go of that safety to a degree in order to let you lead in this way, right? Right. I felt very protective of myself over the weekend. Do you feel that vulnerability like that, like a safety thing? Because I, I to let go of old patterns and habits makes me feel like maybe you are letting go of a protection, right? Very much so. I mean, I think that... I feel like I just led you in that. I feel like I said... I wanted to hear what you said before I gave the leading statement. And I'm annoyed with myself. <laughs> the it's word, funny because the word... I want to be mad. I'm, I should be mad at myself, but I want to be mad at you. Isn't that funny? I'm like mad at myself for saying it. And then I want to be, I'm like, immediately, I'm like, why'd you pick up? You know, it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. You know, the word safety hadn't really come up for me, wasn't really coming up for me and thinking about it, like letting go of these old patterns was going into a feeling of unsafety, but of unsafe. But 
it definitely rings true when said. And so I guess thanks for that leading. Here's what I'll say for me is that I have felt like this is a kind of a make or break moment for me. And I have had a, somewhat of a core belief around trust and positive reinforcement that that builds upon itself and can create change in me. If I can't do this, then like this kind of core belief that I've had about myself in the world is pretty much broken. So it's it feels like I'm I'm putting it out and that is super vulnerable. Like I'm testing a core belief of mine in real time in the real world. And there's no wiggle room anymore. And so it's like got to happen. It's got to work. So that's the position that I feel like I'm in. I feel like I'm putting this core belief to a true test and I believe with every ounce in me that it will work. Our relationship will succeed. That's really interesting. I hadn't thought of it as like how vulnerable it is to put that because that that is a core belief of yours and how vulnerable it is to put that to the test. Like it is on my shoulders pretty much solely. Well, but your belief is positive reinforcement works. And that's what we talk about in the type of therapy that I taught and practice in my private practice and things like that. It's just interesting. Yeah. So we didn't really get around to talking about the decision and how to make or how to change something in the moment. And I think that for me, what I asked of you with the babe thing, right? I said, be really slow and mindful with your words. I kind of gave you the best advice I could give you because I said, stop it. I said, stop it again. I said, stop it again. Please stop. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. It was like a hundred times before you even, I mean, you just weren't stopping. And every time I asked didn't matter. It just didn't matter to you enough to try. And then I said, listen, I'm going to have to end this conversation because it's really it's really bothering me. This is a boundary that I'm trying to put in place in this conversation and it's really distracting and bothering me and it makes me feel like you don't take me serious. And so I was like, I'm going to end the conversation. And you were like, okay, you were really like, how do I do this? And, and I said, and so then I gave you a suggestion. I said, be really slow and mindful with your words, which you did for a period of time. And then after you kind of picked up the pace again, it came out. Yeah. I mean, that's just like, this is where I, this is where it ends because I just, I don't feel respected. You know, I don't know what to tell you in that it, it, it was a habit. It's, it was almost like an unfair ask to begin with because it is such a habit and it's meaningful and meaningless at the same time. But it, it was really important to me in that moment. So I don't know. How do you quit doing something on the fly when you have to quit immediately? Must stop today. Somebody gets news that they have like diabetes and they have to address, you know, their eating immediately or go and or like they need a medicine immediately or it could be life threatening. Right. And you have to. Yeah. That like quick behavioral change. Consequences have to be high enough. Yeah, I mean, either I mean, I think you need the the proper balance between consequences and again, positive reinforcement. I mean, I feel like we're talking about a toddler because there's natural consequences. They throw something more than once, and you've asked them not to. It's like, oh, we have to take that toy away till tomorrow. Right. Dang! But when they don't, it's like, thank you for using your listening ears. Great job. <laughs> That's what I would have said to you. Thank you. Aww. In that voice too. Thank you. Thank you for using your listening ears. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Now I just feel like a 
child. Well, maybe yeah. I am. Maybe it's the, you know ingrained childish behavior is still coming oh, out. For sure, hundred percent. All right. Well, I don't know if we figured that one out. But I do like the slow down, be more intentional. But it's like when you get all keyed up, it's hard. It's hard for me. Well, natural consequences. It's really hard. That's basically what I said. We can't play with this toy until right. we're gonna have to take away this conversation away until tomorrow. Yeah. Right. But then it still didn't work. And that I don't know what that says about me or about the impact of consequences. And maybe it just says something about both. Well, again, I think it, that one in particular was a pretty unreasonable ask on my part. And I knew that because I was like, wow, I'm going to have to stick to this if he says that. And it's highly likely that he's going to say that because that's that's also how your brain works. You know what I mean? Like this, that kind of thing isn't it just isn't the same between you and I. I, I. I was really worried, actually, that you were not going to be able to do it. And I thought, but maybe maybe this is but this is what I need in this moment. I mean, I needed so much in that moment. I just was trying to figure out how to get it all. Complex shit. Complex conversation. For the record, five minutes later, we were talking, but it did shift the conversation. We ended the conversation pretty quickly after that because yeah. I was like this. I can't go on like this. Yeah, so I have so much respect and I just honor the way that you show up in these spaces and for the decisions that we have made together and for the space that we're in right now. And same. so thank you. Yeah, same with you. I mean, you always lean in, you turn towards love and you're very committed to wor working things through. And it's, you know, at the end of the day, it, it allows me to feel comfortable being really fully express my sadness and disappointment because I don't feel like I have to also then take care of like, but I don't want him to walk away or leave this relationship or something like that. I never feel that. I feel like I can be honest when I'm hurt because I do believe that you'll show up for the conversation. Except in my dream last night where you left yeah. me high and yeah, for Well, ride. that's the dream. Don't hold me accountable for that. That's the dream. <laughs> All right. I love you. Love you. Thanks, y'all, for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.